Weird Norfolk is a magical collection of the unusual and inexplicable in the county. From folklore to ghosts, witchcraft to natural wonders, magic to enchanted places, we tell the kind of stories you share on dark nights around a campfire. I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk. And I'm Shifa Connor and I curate Weird Norfolk. Welcome to Weird Norfolk. Today we're going to be talking about the Great Stone of Ling. I nearly wanted to say the Weird Stone of Ling. The Weird Stone. Uh, but then that's the Weird the Stone of Brissingammon. Yeah, that doesn't work, does it? No. In the dark, dark wood, there's a dark, dark path. And by the dark, dark path, there's a mysterious stone that has guarded this deep grove in Breckland for centuries. An article in the EDP on March 13th, 1939, recounted how the boulder was the focal point of the dark legend of the grove. On certain nights, it doesn't say which, the stone is said to bleed if pricked with a pin. The blood in the stone was perhaps absorbed after its use as a sacrificial altar by druids or following the bloody battle between King Edmund and the Danes. Children in Ling who had to walk past the stone to get to school were allowed home early in order to avoid it after dark in the wood and it was described as giving people an unexplainable feeling of dread. Just what secrets does the great stone of Ling hide? <laughs> I know we always say it, but oh my days, I love this one. Yeah, we've like been talking about doing this one for ages. We did the story. It was, I think it's like one of the first stories we mm. did, wasn't it? Like for Weird Norfolk. And we've like been like, okay, we'll, we'll do this a podcast on this one soon. We'll do it soon. And I don't know why, but the time just felt right. It always, it always just slots in, doesn't it? Yeah. When it's right to talk about the Great Stone of Ling, it will be right. Yeah, it will be. It's like that with all of our things, though. Yeah. They're just, we don't, it's weird because it feels like we pick them randomly, but it's usually just because it's the right time to talk about it. Yeah, it really isn't random, yeah. I is think it? with this one, we talked for a long time, I think we were holding it because we were talking about going out there, which we never got round to. Although no. Stacia did just break some news to me. Which she... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to break it on the podcast, but I thought the long, deep <laughs> silence would not have been good listening. So, yeah, I've been to the Great Stone of Ling this week. I can't believe By it. By accident, you know, as you do. <laughs> I just I know, I'm so sorry. I will take you really soon. Yeah, we were passing nearby, saw a signpost to Ling and thought, what do you do when in Ling? Go and see the Great <laughs> what Stone. What was it like? Well... Finding it was a bit of a nightmare. I, I was saying to you earlier that it, it felt a bit Somerton-like because, again, it's really hard to find. You know, we had a map. I knew vaguely where it was. I would never have found it had there not been a chap handily who was coming out of a gate. And I just said, is there any chance you know where the great stone of Ling is? And he went, what, that bloody great bit of concrete in the wood? And I said, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And so he literally led us there. And there's a stile on Eastow Road. Across the stile, it's about probably five minutes walk, if that. And there's a hollow way, so a kind of... I've not heard the term hollow way. Oh, hollow, lovely, isn't it? Hollow way. Yeah, it's, they, they were kind hollow of way. these incredible paths that were used for coaches and people and travel. And they, it is literally hollowed. So by the side of the path that you'd use, the footpath, there's this hollow way, which was an old kind of... They think medieval, mm-hmm. um, and has been kind of worn into. It's like a, it's like a tunnel. It's like going under the sea 
It's wow. kind of so it's green, it's completely canopied by trees, it's quiet. It sounds it's, really magical. It is magical. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry it's magical. Yes. <laughs> and then there's this huge stone, um, you know, and it's moss covered and it's it looks like it looks like the head of a of a of a dragon or a dinosaur, something breaking out mm-hmm. of the earth. And it you know, it does take your breath away. If you're like us, it yeah. takes your breath away. If you're like the landowner, you think it's a lump of concrete. Um, but <laughs> it's not a lump of concrete though, oh, is no, it? It's, it no, didn't it's you a, say it's a glacial it's a glacial erratic, one of your so I love a glacial erratic. <laughs> I think I love them so much because People didn't know about glaciers. They didn't know about the Ice Age. They, they had to invent a reason why mm. a massive stone, this alien lump, had arrived in a place where we only have soft stone. That's it. It's, like, it's completely out of context for everything yeah. else around it, isn't it? And yeah. you can see why people would be like, it must have been placed there by either the devil or whatever magical forces. Or, yeah. Because how else would it have got there? It, it's not something I that humans think... could do. There are many glacial erratics in... Well, for a start, there aren't many glacial erratics in Norfolk, but I don't think there are many that don't have mm. a legend, a story, a mm. tale attached to them. And this one is no exception, is it? No. So one question I've got for you, being as you now have visitors. Uh, yeah. So in Val Thomas's book of Chalk and Flint, which I would recommend to everyone, it's yeah, really good, although I haven't actually finished reading it yet because I'm a really slow reader, um... She talks about the Great Stone of Ling, and she says it looks like the head of a dragon. And where the eye socket eye would be mm. is there a big hole. Yeah. And you can actually get your whole arm oh, into yeah. the hole. Yeah, yeah, did you, you do can. that? No, I didn't do that because it looked like somebody had left some kind of offering at, oh, the, really? at the eye. Okay. Yeah, it was almost like a posy type. Oh. So I didn't because I didn't want to, you know. So was it in, so it was in the it eye? Was by the eye. Okay. By, by the other track. I'm not sure you could get your whole arm in. You could definitely get quite a big bit. Mm. And I did wonder, I did look the other side to see if it was like the whole, biggest, biggest stone <laughs> of all time. But there wasn't enough. No. So Val says that. It's not a ple- very, apparently it's not a very pleasant experience, but nothing bad has ever happened to anyone who's done it. So that's reassuring. Well, when I take you, you can. I'm not doing that because it'll be all slimy and yeah, have spiders. Be. Well, and we, could wear, in it. we could wear. Well, well, no, we could wear. One of wear a mask. That wouldn't help, would no. it? <laughs> An arm mask. An arm mask. It's not a glove. <laughs> a gauntlet. Um, yes, we'll do that. It's it, yeah. It, it's it is the most magical space. It really is. It's beautiful. It's kind of in the middle of a of a of a. Let's say forest. We won't go that far. Woodland. Mm. Um, next to this green tunnel, it's kind of. It feels like you're underwater, mm. like you're in the sea. Very green. Not much light. Mm. Lots of. It sounds light. like a place where fairies would be. It really does, and it looks like that. It's there's holly, there's mistletoe. It's like a Christmas wood. It's Aww. beautiful. It really so is. Now another question, which you'll probably be able to answer. Mm. So there's, I mean, there's so many stories about this area. Yeah. One of the very little kind of legends is that birds can't be heard singing. Did you notice? Um, I can, unfortunately, say that it is very quiet. It's noticeably quieter than other areas of the wood. Mm. But there are birds. Or there was a bird. But I would imagine that's because there's very little light there. Mm. I don't know. I mean, maybe in the winter it would be a different story. I don't know. But yeah. it was. it is noticeably quiet. Um... It's not a well-used path. We saw one other person when we were there, and mm. we were there for a couple of hours, uh, not just by the stone. We were wandering about looking for St Edmund's Chapel. That's another story. But um, 
it's it is noticed to be quiet, mm. but there was a bird, and I did mm. listen out for them because I was yeah. thinking, right, yeah. okay. Because when the photographer went out, he, he said like he it, didn't. Did he? No, he didn't like it at all, and he said he couldn't hear any birds. But then I didn't tell him about that. I asked him, and he was probably just maybe thinking like you. Oh, it was very quiet. It was very quiet. Yeah, and it's it's it is. I think you would feel slightly strange if you were there alone, mm. because it's very. It is literally off the beaten path, mm. and it's 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 kind of there is just nobody, no no houses, nothing. Mm. It's just a wood with a yeah. Because if you stone. Google view it like aerial view, you can see it's like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, um, but it is yeah. It's it's kind of it, it does it it had that same Summerton feel, mm. that same otherworldly out of the out of nowhere appears this huge stone. Mm. That you know, you can see, as I said, why people would have come up with an idea of, mm. of, of what it was there for. And one of those is that there was a huge battle there, mm. isn't it? Yeah, and it's all kind of revolves around which this is a whole this could be like a whole other podcast is St. Edmund. I'm sure it will be one day, yeah. yeah. And and his they had a, he had a battle there, and they had, there's actually theories that this is actually where he died and was buried, yeah. And it's often it's it's interesting because tales of Saint Edmund are obviously usually associated with Suffolk yeah. more than Norfolk, but actually there are more churches dedicated to Saint Edmund in Norfolk than there are in and Suffolk. More evidence that he died at Helsden yeah. than he died, and so so although he may have fought there, and he may have been buried there, it's most likely that if he died in Norfolk it was in Helsden. Yeah. So there's really an interesting website. Uh, it's actually the Ling Village. Joe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Joe. Joe his article was actually like this talk. I wish we could have gone to oh. it because it sounded really interesting. But he was saying one of the reasons that the the stone might have been a reason that the king was buried there because it was like a memorable spot. And yeah. obviously his body was exhumed. Yeah. Like, was it like 90 years later or something? And then it, definitely more than 50, kind of between 50 and 75. Yeah, and yeah. then taken to bury St. Edmund. To St. Edmund. Yeah. <laughs> to bury. Yeah. Um, to bury St. Edmund. The most aptly named town <laughs> yeah. of all time. What a coincidence. Bury St. Edmunds. And they did. Um, but this would be in... The stone would be a memorable spot. Yeah, and another indication that he may have been in that area was this convent that, or nunnery mm. that was set up. Nun house. A nun house <laughs> that was set up right next to it. Is yeah, because like, this place is in the middle of nowhere. There it would is. be no other logical explanation. No, I mean, I guess it's near the Wensum. Um, it's in a river valley, mm. so. But you, you know, could have done was... it anywhere. Yeah, he could have. Uh, yeah, that, so there's a theory he could have been underneath, or that his treasure could have been underneath. Yeah. Um, there are definitely accounts. There's only one account of his death, and that is that he was um, one account. There's there's many legends about his death that he was shot by arrows, mm-hmm. he was beheaded, was and wolf looked after there? his yeah. head, etc. But the kind of most credible account is that he was after he died, he was taken somewhere several miles away, which would work if it was Helston, mm-hmm. along the river, mm-hmm. which would work, and then he would have been. As as happened at the time, his body would have been looked after by nuns. Well, that's what that's, Joe said. Yeah, yeah in his thing, they like were known to be, yeah. to be protectors of royalty's bodies, basically. Yeah. So it kind of the stone is probably oh, a couple of minutes away from where the remains of yeah. the chapel are. You and there are still remains yeah. of that chapel, which is incredible if you think it was built in around nine twenty five. Mm. Yeah, it's um, crazy, isn't it? So he was said to have been buried under a wooden or or his body taken to a wooden hut. It doesn't say that that would have been that that was where it was buried. That yeah, was where it was taken. taken. 
Um, so it, that could have been the chapel, mm. and then he could have been taken to the stone. Although how they'd have got that stone up, I'm not sure. I if think it maybe I think it'd be near the stone just because it's a memorable. Yeah, place. I mean, St. Edmund was was big news, wasn't yeah, he? He yeah. was the original patron saint of England. Yeah, and he is bizarrely the patron saint of pandemics. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He is. Yeah, there you go. So he he's How the one we should be having a he, we should be having a chat with him about now mm. to say can you call it off? So there is a so one of the other main stories about the stone or the main story about the stone is that it bleeds when pricked. Yeah, and one of the explanations, like you said, is because of this battle. Yeah, and then the other explanation for that is that the stone was used for druid druidic, druidic. sacrifices. Yes. Now. I thought I'm going to have a look into whether the Druids actually sacrificed people. And it doesn't... There's no actual evidence that they ever did. There's... Um, I found it, it was actually on a Druid website that somebody had written kind of a paper about it. And they were saying that the only accounts of these sacrifices are either a second hand from, like, by the Romans. There's, there's been a couple of archaeological finds, but it's all speculation. Or they're coming from, like, myths and legends. But a lot of those are actually more symbolic kind mm. of sacrificial rituals so that there isn't actually... A death. A death. I mean, I think there have been human sacrifices throughout history, haven't there? They, I think it's a bit, a bit lame it, it to... Yeah, to like, kind of attach it to the Druids. I'm yeah. not sure they did it. Well, the, the guy at the end of this, um, the writer was Paul Krull. You might have even looked at the same website, I don't know. But he said um, in his conclusion that there's no scientific evidence to show that this ever happened. Um, and actually, it was probably more likely to be propaganda by the Romans and Christians to try and demonise, you know, Druids. Who are completely reasonable human yeah. beings who are just kind of quite peace-loving, aren't yeah. they? Well, I didn't prick it. I thought that was um, a bit rude to go along and well, take a I kid. think, it, isn't it like midnight anyway? Well, there seems to be a few it of us. Seems a bit trip. rude on your first visit to get a pin out and, and start jabbing it. it, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't try it. Um, I mean, I think if if it, if it did, if it does, I'd be saying it's more likely to be from this this eight eight sixty nine battle. Yeah, uh, me too. You know, and kind of you, you can see why it could have been a battle site because there's quite a steep hill which mm. we don't have in Norfolk often, but um, to the to one side of it, there's a steep hill. Then there's this hollow way. You can you can see how one invading force could have been mm. at one side and, and the defended on the other. You know, quite often in history, when there's a battle, it's over a hill yeah. because you've got somebody who's got a vantage point yeah. there yeah. and somebody attacking that. And that is the case here. You can yeah. see where it was. Um, I wonder. Did I read that they found some bones? Um, yes, point. they did. So they, oh, um, yeah. so so when you walk away back down to the road where you parked, um, which always, as ever, seems further on the way there than it does on the way back. <laughs> so when you go back to your car, which is parked near the stile, literally on the other side of the road, there is a tree in the middle of the field, uh-huh. and that has a remaining arch, a brick arch, uh-huh. of St Edmund's Chapel. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is called St Edmund's Chapel and was named after him. So yeah. it adds more weight to, to, the, to the idea that something was happening. And I think Joe Mason points out that a feast day was held for St Edmund at that, on that mm. field until the 19th... Well, I think either the, either the late 18th or the early 19th century. Yeah. 
which is pretty much unheard of. Yeah. There are, you know, his feast day is also on a quite irritatingly on the 20th of November, Ooh. which in a field kind of next to a <laughs> No, river. that doesn't like sound tempting, no, does it? <laughs> it doesn't sound particularly tempting. But um, it, it's very close. It's mm. very close. I don't think he died and there. And so was that where the skeletons were found then? So there's a couple of things linked to that chapel. Um, firstly, there were seven miracles there. Which oh, really? we are writing a story about. So people who were literally healed of paralysis mm. and, I mean, but so it's the site of seven miracles it's also the possible site of of st edmund's burial mm-hmm. um and it was a massive kind of convent there the only bit that that is still there is this arch from the chapel and when they were excavating the road or when they were digging the road they found quite a lot of skeletons mm. and those skeletons they thought what well, i you know could have been either um, and why they didn't do any uh, why we haven't got any information I, I did look this up and try and kind of work it out I think they may have been dug up so long ago that mm. they were not looked into so whether they were soldiers who died at the battle whether they were nuns yeah it could be the nuns graveyard whether be. they were the sick that the nuns had looked yeah. after whether they would we'll just never know St Edmund mm. you know there were quite a few oh God, could you imagine if they actually dug up St Edmund's and and there've been sightings of nuns drifting mm. across the road. I was going to talk about there. the ghost kind of element because I couldn't find that many apart from the ghosts which are seen going from yeah like you said from the convent area to, to, the, stone. to the stone. I couldn't find any other actual sightings. I know in Val's book she quotes a story of um, a, a young witch who decided to camp out at the stone one night because he thought probably quite rightly it would be quite a good place for a vigil Mm. um and he he basically he couldn't stay the whole night because he got too scared it was apparently a terror eerie sounds and a terrifying atmosphere so he had to leave um but i couldn't find any actual of a goat i don't know if you managed to track any down no not really i mean we i think we mentioned it in the story this 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 business of the children of the village walking through the grove to get home um, and there's a there's a kind of account of that. So many years ago, Reverend E. C. Weddell, the rector of Ling, told of a regular custom at the village school which saw the children allowed home twenty minutes early. This was to allow them time before darkness fell to get past a certain mysterious spot on the road. Continue the nineteen thirty nine article. An unused highway, a curious boulder, and a shapeless ruin were responsible for the mystery and the fears of East Oak school children. Um, so it kind of basically says that after you pass the wood and the crossing of the track on a dark afternoon or evening, even in Queen Victoria's reign, people talked about an unexplainable mm. feeling of dread, um, and that you get a queer feeling. Yeah, on a Sunday. There. On a yeah, on a <laughs> Weirdly. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I, when Richard and I walked there, he said he said to me. That it had a detectorist's feel about it. And in the detectorists, which is the the kind of gentle um, comedy about metal detectorists, they recreate Saxon battles and you hear the noises as they walk through in modern day. Ah. It's, it is a magical thing to watch if you yeah. ever seen it. It's beautiful. And he said, you can just almost, you can almost hear it on the edge of yeah. your kind of understanding that... 
the clash of the swords and the battle mm. you can you can feel it there you know it's a real and, and uh, i have got one account of ghostly soldiers and headless horses being seen in king's grove mm-hmm. so again linked to the battle and ling is pretty kind of there's there's so much in ling which is another reason why it's a contender for being for making it into the hall of fame mm. the weird book <laughs> Hall of Fame, which thus far has Somerton, and I'm not even sure if we could go as far as to say anywhere else yet. Not at the moment. I think Ling is 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 vying for its position. Kings Lynn. Kings Lynn is great. I think this is this is I, I kind this of is like, feel it magical. these are concentrated areas. So at Somerton, mm. you've got the church, you've got the giant, you've got the church paintings in the church. It's, and you've got the Haysborough Torso. In that small area, yeah, yeah. there is so much, isn't there? Yeah. That when you even drive into it, even in a car, even in modern day, you feel it straight away, don't you? That yeah. you're somewhere otherworldly, different, unusual. This is exactly the same. Aww. I know. I'll take you. <laughs> oh, let's take you. Um, there's also stories that... Uh, did you see the story about the, the, the river channel that ran from the River Wensum, which when you're talking about the chapel, is probably 500 yards mm. away, 500 metres away. Uh, two watermen found a silver chalice in the channel. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Quarrels, and yeah. um, the argument became bitter. They fought. The chalice leapt out of their hands, fell into the water, never seen again. Was there something about the church, the yes. bells as well? Yeah. If you got that on your when notes the right there. Because... were closed in 1176, the bells were hurled into the river... And on occasional nights can still be ringing. Dear old mm. drowned bells. It sounds like just such a magical ring. area. Yeah. Do you think it's because it's so close to water as well? Like, it's it's very it kind of it's one of those places again that doesn't feel that because we're so used to Norfolk being so flat. And I know we're not that flat. We're not the Fens, but or some of us are. But we're not. It's not Lincolnshire. It's we do have undulating mm. hills. It's a really. It's like a. It's like a. That stepping back in time you know these this road is a track mm. these woodlands are ancient this landscape is exactly how it would have been mm. you know you've got cows in the field by the river you've got this patchwork of fields it's like i doubt that view has changed mm. for centuries and centuries and there are very few places you can go like that, aren't there? Yeah. there One are. of the things that Val says, another thing that she says, which I think is really interesting, is that the um, the ash keys from that area um, have a particularly they're particularly effective in assisting those who wish to speak to the dead. Oh, okay. So that's quite interesting. I don't know. It just feels that like place has this a really kind of it almost feels like it's on the veil, like yeah. a really you know. I felt quite I I felt quite giddy when I mm. when I left because you don't come across that very often. Yeah. And you know, and I was really I mean, I had a lovely time with my husband, don't get me wrong. But I was instantly gutted that you mm. weren't there because you would have you know, he got it, he liked it, but you know, yeah. I've just shown you a photograph of him halfway through yeah. the trip. Yeah. Where he's lying down. <laughs> On the floor, refusing to move. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> when I was kind of like, oh, look at this. And do you think this could be something? Because actually, as you walk away from the wood, I don't know if I've made a note of it somewhere, the grove of trees that the children didn't like walking past that lead you towards the stone was said to be an area where witchcraft was was particularly... I wonder if that's what Val's referring to. Mm, maybe. There was an area where they said that, that magic 
was practiced. was was practiced. Yeah. I mean, and it sounds like a place that witches do go because yeah. it, obviously it's such like a magical place. It's an obvious place. Why wouldn't you go to a place that's quite on the on the the veil on the cusp, on the cusp of things and, and where you can communicate with spirits and and whatnot? Mm. And and if it's a place of fairies, although Val didn't mention fairies in her book, but from what you've said, it sounds like. I'm sure that there you is. You know how obsessed I am with <clears throat> I know you. I know you are. I know. I think I did see something about about that about fairies and, and witchcraft, and that was certainly how the locals saw it. Mm. Um, and yeah, you do. You do kind of feel you feel that when you're there, it is a mm. special place. So I, I'm sure we will literally yeah. revisit well this. i think when we go if we take the recorder yeah i think that'll be quite nice yes yeah, definitely so there might be a part two for this episode yeah i think we <laughs> should i think we should go back there and and it's yeah if you if you want to go and find it then really do your research first mm. we didn't we just nipped there we were really lucky to find somebody i don't think we'd have found it without that mm. information but it is a hundred percent worth looking. Although I sometimes worry that we've made Somerton. We're kind of we are both the PR for Somerton, aren't yeah. we? And I see so many people going there, and that's lovely. I think lovely. before we went, before like people went there all the time before we started talking about it. Yeah, it's known like people used to film like porn films and stuff there. Do they? Do yeah. not don't don't film porn. But that um, was like that Stanley. was like, and that's like years ago. I think it'd so. be quite uncomfortable with the Great Stanley. <laughs> I didn't try, but I think it would be. But it is an incredible place. I think then if you are going to be visit either East Somerton or this, it's just about being respectful of the area. Don't yeah. be a dick. No, don't be a dick. That is that is advice. Good advice to take through life, isn't it? Really, mm. just try and try and be nice. I mean, as I said, when we went there, literally nobody there at all, and and I just, as you know, I have a thing for stones. So maybe, actually, maybe it is me, but I don't think it is. Mm. I think it is more than just my bizarre no, I love think it, of stones. From what I've read about it, I think it is magic. Though. It is, yeah, it is. And and I just love these tales that have grown up around these weird, strange stones that, that, that are there. And you wonder also how much of it's underground. And Yeah, because actually, just kind of backtracking a bit, I guess, when you showed me your picture... Compared to the picture the photographer took at the time, it looks a lot bigger in your picture. I don't know if that's because Richard was standing next to it for context, but actually it looks kind of like maybe it's been cleared away a bit so you can actually see more of it. Yeah, I mean, I was saying to you that I think my husband is very is very accommodating when it comes to strange things. He kind of has to be, doesn't he? Both our husbands have to be, really. But um, I said to you that he, he I asked him to put his hand on it to, to show the context of mm. how big it is. So, you know, you can see how large it is. Whereas I think sometimes when you see those pictures, you're not yeah, really you sure, are really you? Tell. Because you either take a picture of the stone and you can see the detail of the stone. On which note, somebody has put graffiti on it. Oh. I know. I know. Just like random graffiti. It's just, it's just I can't remember, it says, it's just uh, like, uh, initials. What the hell? Anyway. And he kind of touched it and immediately recoiled because it was so cold. He said it's really, really cold. Mm. And... And it does feel a different temperature there, but again, it probably is because it's, it's got shaded. no it's got yeah. no sun cover, um, and it's it's in this it is dark and it is you know it is an unusually dark area. And we went on a really hot mm. day, 
um, and it was the you know sunshine and and you just suddenly walk out of the sunshine, mm-hmm. and it's there, and yeah, yeah, it has got that feel of 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 history, you know. You sometimes walk into someone, and you just feel it, it just hits yeah. you like a wall, doesn't it? Yeah, and you kind of think, and you know, things have happened yeah. there. You know, I feel that, like there will have been a battle or something. Something big happens there. Yeah, it it definitely. I mean, and I, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we are probably tuned in to feel this because we know it mm. we know what's happened there or we know what's said to have happened there and we also know that people love that stone and that there are myths and, and magic and legend but it is more than that it is you it's it's like you walk out of now and into then that's mm. the only way i can put it that's mm. how it feels lovely so yeah sorry i didn't tell you <laughs> From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.